tonight on Whiskey Waffle. So, Nick. Yes, let's get manly. I thought you were just waffling randomly until uh, something sticks. I don't know where we've quite gone with this <laughs> analogy. Yay! That's this episode on Whiskey Waffle, the podcast. I mean, cast. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Whiskey Waffle. My name is Nick. And my name is Ted. We are your friendly Tas... Well, I hope we're friendly. We're, we're certainly Tasmanian whiskey bloggers of um, some renown, at least in our own heads. And um, yeah, we just like saying this stuff out loud because it's just generally a bit quicker. We certainly do. Now, Nick, mm. you have some news. I do. I have some, some news. Some important news for our millions and millions of rabid fans. Yep. Johnny Walker releasing a new series. No, that's not the news. Um, no, the news is actually to do with a podcast, actually, um, because generally we've had about maybe five or four or, or three episodes of the podcast available at any one time, which was not really good enough, is it? No. It's mainly because we're just too stingy to pay for the extra space. But, but no longer. But <laughs> no longer. No, I've decided to bite the bullets and we will get the extra storage space online, unlimited storage space. So over the next few weeks, loyal listeners, you'll be hearing some old favourites reappear on the podcast feed. Yay! So for some of you out there, you might have listened to all of these episodes before, but seeing as I can't remember what was in them, you probably can't remember either. So go on and have another listen. Do it for us. Boost our numbers somewhat. But if you've joined the joined the journey partway along the road, then um, now's your time to go back to our humble beginnings. Yeah, when we sounded a lot rattier and drunker. Um, well, there are a few segments. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, there's some good ones. But also good news is they will be not just re-uploaded. These are new remastered episodes um, with higher sound quality and a few little bits cut out that were um, <clears throat> unnecessary. Remastered? Higher sound quality? Oh my god, what else do I get? If you call within the next 16 and a half minutes, you will receive a free set of steak whiskey glasses. Wow! Unfortunately, um, we're uploading this episode more than 16 and a half minutes after the recording, so everyone misses out. Oh, mm, That's right. But no, seriously, stay tuned Check out all the old episodes. Um, help us out by sharing this news around the internet. Get some get some more podcast listeners involved. Let's uh let's get this whiskey journey uh happening. Very good. All right. Now that the important announcement is over, shall we talk about some whiskey? The waffle. Ted, what is the Tasmanian national anthem? Um. We all trust in Bogues. <laughs> yeah, that's only only the north part of the state. Although, there was a bit of north-south rivalry going on a couple of weeks ago, wasn't there? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, So, we may have mentioned once or twice that we live in Tasmania. Hey. And did you know, Nick? I didn't know. Well, you might. I might. You might know. I'll did find you out know, when you tell Did me. you know that uh, Tasmania has a whiskey industry? Oh, yeah, I actually, yeah, I did know that. Did yeah, you? I did. Well, that's that's um, very interesting. Yeah. Now, did you know that um, Tasmanian, like the number of Tasmanian distilleries, is increasing ever more, and the fame of Tasmanian whiskey is sort of getting bigger and bigger around the world? The growth that we've seen in this little industry here um, over, well, since we started Whiskey Waffle a few years back, well, there was there were single figures of distilleries back then. No, I think I think oh, when we started, the mm-hmm. first distillery visit we did 
was to Redlands Distillery. Yes, it back did. At, back at its old original... Original Red, Redlands, yeah. Original Redlands, which was the property actually called Redlands and not where they moved to in um, Kempton. Yep. I believe that was distillery number 11. Well, according to Whiskey Waffle, it's number nine. Is it? So, okay. <laughs> uh, it's, Maybe uh, I'm thinking of... Where was the next place we went? Maybe it was that one. Mm, Don't know. Sure. Anyway... My memory is not the greatest of things. But, uh, speaking times. of Redlands, though, we've got some in our glass. Yes, we do. Mm. Um, independently aged Redlands. Mm, yeah, that's all we can get our hands on at the moment. But that's all right, because Timmy Duckett knows how to look after a dram. Yeah. Mm. Look, um, well, anyway, I was getting around to a point. Here. Okay, right. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were just waffling randomly until uh, something sticks. It's generally what we normally do. Yeah, yeah. no, I am getting around to a point. Uh, like, Go for it. So... The fact that Tasmanian whiskey is sort of getting ever better and better and there's more and more distilleries coming out and it's getting more famous and people mm. are starting to really take notice of it. Yeah. We think that's something worth celebrating. Well, yeah, absolutely. And other people in Tasmania think it's worth celebrating too. <laughs> that's lucky. We're not the only ones. We're not the only ones. It's not just us sitting here sort of rambling on about why why this uh, Tasmanian whiskey stuff is so good and everyone else is like... Oh, those guys are a bit weird. So good, so delicious, so unique. Ugh, you're the worst. <laughs> um, anyway, so hmm. yeah, um, and look, a group of a group of people thought it was celebrating worth celebrating so much that they decided to devote an entire week to celebrate. Tasmanian whiskey. Tasmanian whiskey. Hey, I'm catching on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tasmanian whiskey week. Um, at the time of recording was was two weeks ago. And, um, yeah, there was stuff happening all over the state. If by which you mean all over the state, you mean Hobart. Yeah, mostly Hobart. Uh, Look, and so this is the third year that they've uh, run Tasmanian Whiskey Week. The, yep. first, the first year was kind of everyone finding their feet and sort of there was, there was a number of distilleries there, but it was mostly Hobart-centric. Mm-hmm. There wasn't really anything up our end of the state. There was that northern night we went to. Yeah, there was that northern night. That Most, mostly... They didn't actually have whiskey at that. It was stuff that was still yep. just below being called whiskey. Um, tell you what, though, Northern Night this time around. Northern Night this time around. So we are in the third year of Tasmanian Whiskey Week, and it is going off. There are events all over the state, mostly in the Hobart region, but all over the state. And mm. it's really fantastic. I think we should have we should have actually contacted them before talking about this and got some official sort of um, some facts and figures facts and figures as opposed to just random waffle but i i will i will make a prediction that 7 billion people came to tasmania for i think that i think that's week. a safe estimate yeah, yeah at least yeah pretty much the entire world yeah. was in tasmania yeah. for tasmanian whiskey week yeah yeah and there are now sort of 65 million distilleries in tasmania each, At last count, yeah. Each, that was last week. That's probably grown since then. Yeah. How many how many whiskey distilleries do we think there are in Tasmania now? About fifty. Oh, yeah. whiskey distilleries. Um, thirty. Yeah, it's it's expanding every year. Mm. And there were there were seven distilleries in the Northern Night that we um that we're at. Yeah, and that was really exciting for us. So we're we're Northern boys, Northwest yep. boys specifically. Mm, true. Um, Don't really get our own segments unless you count Hellis Road. Yeah, and so. Mentioning Hellier's Road, Hellier's Road is one of the founding fathers of the Tasmanian scene, and for ages they were sort of the o- really the only one in the entire north of uh, the state. Mm. But the other night we hosted <laughs> a a whiskey night in Launceston that had seven. Was it seven or was it six plus one? Six on whiskeys and one on its way. Six whiskeys. Turner and- Stillhouse was the other one. A whiskey distillery after my heart, mainly just because of the name. 
Um, but no, as well as Turner Steelhouse, there were six uh, mature whiskies. Counting Heller's Road, that's so that's one. Yep. What were the other five? Ted, give me a couple. Okay, so there was Adams. Yep. There was uh, Fanny's Bay. Yep. There was Launceston Distillery. There was Coraline. Not to forget Iron House. And Iron House. Mm. Yes. So it was a it was a busy old night, wasn't it? But it was good fun. Yeah. No, it was great. I mean, delicious night. I was I was sitting up the front like a uh, Nigel No Friends with my uh, broken leg on a chair, but True. it was it was a great night, and mm. it was so exciting to be able to see seven new, well, pretty much new Northern Tasmanian whiskies. And they were all absolutely delicious. Um, but that was that was the event in the north. We did go to an event down in the south that we were punters at. Remember that one, Ted? I, I do actually remember that. Do you Vaguely. remember that one? Vaguely, yeah. No, I remember um, sitting you in your wheelchair and pushing you around the session, becoming an ever-increasingly unreliable designated driver as the session <laughs> went on. May I just say that, please, if you're attending a uh, whiskey event, hire yourself a wheelchair. I mean, you might have to break a limb first, but hire yourself a wheelchair. It's very comfortable um, sort of sitting around in a wheelchair for the afternoon, getting pushed from stall to stall, pushing in front of people, mm-hmm. sort of uh, generally getting in the way and drinking whiskey. It's very relaxing. Yep. And another plus side, you got somewhere to hang the coats. Indeed. And, and the bottles of whiskey that you buy along the way too. This is true. We did buy some whiskey and we might even talk about... Um, that later this episode, hey, Ted? Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. But so this was at the Tasmanian Spirit Showcase, which is, if you want to try a range of Tasmanian spirits, it's one of the, well, it's probably the best. Mm. It's um, the, the whiskey live for Tasmanian whiskey. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. So how many were there? Uh, there? there was more than I could get to in three hours, believe it or not. I reckon there was probably at least 20. Mm. Um, there were some other spirits there too. So there was a bit of vodka, um, some gin, but the majority was whiskey. Yep, yeah. And um, yeah, we got to try a range of drams that we'd not tried before. Uh, meeting um, Cam and Susie from Spring Bay was one of the highlights for me and trying some of the Spring Bay whiskies. Yeah, no, that that was uh, really cool to meet those guys. Did we learn how to pronounce the cast strength in the end? Uh, so- yes, we did. Re- yeah, we did. Reben. 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 Reben, I Reben. think. Reben. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was really fantastic because what, what you get to do is pretty much mostly the distillers themselves are there. Mm. Um, and so you go from stall to stall and you can just hang out and chat with um, the people who are actually making this really amazing quality uh, whiskey and talk to them about what they're doing and how they are. And Yeah, got to um, try some new Kalara that we'd not tried. This yep. is Christy Lark Booth's... Or Booth Lark. Mm, or Lark Booth Lark. Yes, Booth. one of those combinations. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's her distillery and some delicious stuff coming out of there. Pete Bignall from uh, Belgrove oh, had it's, something it's called uh, Bogan Burnout, <laughs> which was... Peaty as all get out. It's and what two weeks in the barrel or something. Yeah, it, it was basically ultra peaty spirit, which mm. had been vaguely um, sort of waved near a barrel um, for <laughs> yeah. a bit, it had, and um, nodded at some oak from across a man. Room. You needed definitely needed to have that at the end of the day because mm. otherwise it was just peat for days. Mm, peat for days. Now, of course, trying some of the old favourites, your Overeems, your Larks, there was a few Nants that I was, we got I was to actually really happy to go back to the Lark and go back to the Overeem because it's been a little while since I've had any, actually, mm. and to rediscover that they're just really, really good quality Tasmanian whiskey. Like, there is a reason that they are some of the best in Tasmania because they just do make great whiskey. Yep. Yeah, so there was some good stuff, and um, I reckon, judging by success, there will be 
another Tasmania Whiskey Showcase or Spirit Showcase coming up in 2020. Yeah, and so if you're if you're listening to this from outside the state, or even if you are in the state, um, if you're considering coming down to um, Tasmanian Whiskey Week, there's heaps of different things to do. There's like um, big dinners, like so. If if you want to go really posh, there you can get some really expensive dinners at some of the distilleries, which are like quite often historic, um, at historic homes. Yeah, either like at that. the distilleries or on a boat. On a boat things like that and then there's other tasting sessions some of the bars do things you can get independent whiskies um, it's like a whiskey disneyland yeah um it's it's really cool so it's always around the same time of year uh sort of f- mid-august yep i think um and yeah it's it's great fun um yeah. heaps to do come down and visit come down see the state but also Come and try a bunch of whiskeys. Just remember to have a designated driver. Yep, yep. Or a designated pusher. Yes. Um, though that one doesn't have to blow below 0.05. Nope. Go and have a great time at the Spirit Showcase and then get yourself barred from Mexican restaurants. Indeed. <laughs> Do you reckon that, that'll make an interesting soundbite? Seems to wobble a bit. Mm. A bit like you after a few too many drams, eh, Ted? The whiskey. As we were just talking uh, about before in the waffle, mm. we were yeah we were saying that we we're at the uh, Tasmanian Spirit Showcase, and as we were going around, we had a few drams, a few cheeky little drams, and yeah, there were some a, less cheeky. <laughs> yeah, some quite just bold and in your face. Indeed. Um, but there were a couple that we um, really enjoyed, and we're sort of inspired to purchase. part with our money. Yeah. <laughs> Part with our money for. So, look, I, I might go first. Yeah, you go first. Okay, so one of the whiskies that I was really impressed with on the day was um, from Hobart Whiskey. Um, they Hobart re- Whiskey. Yeah, Hobart Whiskey. They they really got lucky with um, getting the naming rights. Yeah, now these are the one. guys at Devil's Distillery. Isn't yeah, it? so it's Devil's Distillery. Yep. And then somehow, they're, they're actually a really recent distillery. They're mm. only sort of in the last year. Um, kind of been releasing their stuff, and somehow they managed to score the name Hobart Whiskey. So, yep, <laughs> props to them for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we've uh, I've visited uh, the distillery before. You can find a uh, a review or a um, site visit of the distillery on uh, whiskeywaffle.com. That's whiskeywaffle.com. But anyway, they had uh, four whiskies on offer that day. Mm. There was. Um, I think there was just like a straight bourbon cask. There was a port cask. There was a port cask. There was a Pinot finish. Yep. But then I was really impressed with uh, this fourth one. It was actually the fourth one that we had of theirs as well. Yeah. Now, um, I was sceptical about this one before we tried it. Yeah. So, this is their stout cask finish. A stout cask finish? A stout cask finish. Mm. Now, I... Surely that's not even allowed. <laughs> well, well, it is. Oh, we've, we've had... had We've had stout casks before. Um, yeah, that was just jamos. Yeah, and so we've had jamos before. And I think I've had another stout cask somewhere as well. I've always been a bit sort of sus on the whole stout cask thing. You're wearing your dubious face. I am wearing my dubious face. Basically, like, beer is sort of just, like, beer is orangutans compared to humans <laughs> who are whiskey. Like, it's, it's, it's really just, like, one step removed. Just one hairy step, <laughs> one hairy step removed. I, I, th- one of the things I think about, or at least the stout casks have had to date, is that aging whiskey and beer casks, the flavors, just the multi characteristics, especially um, stout isn't a very hoppy beer. That's why I like it. 
yeah, they that that finish tends to get lost in the whiskey and yeah. doesn't really doesn't do it any favors, does it? But so this this particular stout comes from a brewery called Last Rites. They're based in um, Cambridge, not in England, in Hobart. Yep. Um, As is many of the Tasmanian whiskey scene. Yes. Um, so Last Rites make some really good beer. I I really like their beer. They have awesomely cool um, cans, which. Like have a kind of a very death metal vibe. Yep. Um, anyway, next them. next time on beer waffle. Yes, next time <laughs> on beer waffle. Anyway, so they make really good Tasmanian beer, and yep. so Hobart has used um, stout cask uh, to finish it. So the base whiskey in this is a uh, bourbon cask. Yep. So it's I've got some stats here. It's a marriage of small American oak ex bourbon matured whiskey finished in a stout project cask with Last Rites Brewing Co. Mm. Um, How long was it finished for? Well, I don't really know. It's probably not... Not in the stats. Not in, It's not in the stats. I can tell you it was bottled on the 8th of August, 2019. Mm. So that's really recently. That is very recent. 2019 was that? Yeah. Yeah. So what date was the showcase? Uh, it was probably about a week or two later. Yeah, so. right. So it is pretty new, but... Suffice to say, it caught us by surprise when we tried it, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, so this is this is um, bottled at 49.6%. Yeah. Um, so it's got a bit of kick to it. I might be jumping in a little bit here and treading on your toes somewhat, but what got me the most is you can taste the stout. Mm, I think, and I agree, I think that this has a certain... The stout gives this a certain creaminess mm. and maltiness that, um, yeah, really well, actually comes through. Even on the nose, I'm getting all this sort of creaming soda. You get that nice honey characteristic mm. from the bourbon casking, and then yeah, you get a, a creamy. Oh, it's feel very to it. vanilla, isn't it? Um, s- sweet vanilla. Mm. It's quite. It's actually quite delicate on the mouth. Is it? I yeah. better try some. You better try some. It's on the finish. That's where the stout can be found. Mm. I would it say just lingers. Stoutily. It's not so much. It's not so much a flavour. It's more of a texture. Mm. In the the whiskey, I think it was a color. Yeah, a color. It's a dark color. Mm. It's, it's a dark brown. Yeah, um, and that's not just because of the the color of the beer. It's just no, you can feel it. It's almost powdery. This mm. um stouty linger. That's a mm. great phrase, stouty linger. Try saying that at home. Go on, stouty, stouty linger. linger. <laughs> oh. Number of people that we just got saying that and surprising people around the world. Yeah, and look, I really enjoy this. I think it's. It's def. You can definitely tell it's a Tasmanian whiskey. It's oh yeah, got that's clear on the nose, isn't it? Mm. It's nice and hot, not not overly hot though. Um, but it's got that warmth. It's got sort of tannic edge. It's intriguing. the The palate is intriguing. What mm. flavors do you get in the palate, Ted? Um, there's there's definitely oakiness um, to it, yep. but then I get it's almost sort of like rose. Mm. Yeah, yeah, rose. It's quite a nice floral. I'm going to go with um, sherbet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not citrus. It's just this sort of sherbet. I think then, there's um, more citrus on the nose. Yeah, on the nose, that's where the citrus is. But it's it is, it's almost chocolatey, isn't it, on the palate? Not quite, but... Anyway, yeah. It. So that that was the um, stout cask. And it was, it was something that I thought was really interesting. It was, it was sort of different. It, could I say unique? Yeah, you could. I could, and contextually right, too. Mm, indeed, indeed. So, yeah, that that was my pick. Very no. unique. Ah. <laughs> Sorry. All right, so that... Thought after, you got away with it, didn't you? <laughs> after Hobart Whiskey, we moved uh, probably one, two... I think it was... We went around about yeah, two um, we sk- more stalls. We skipped the rum stall. Sorry. Sorry, New Norfolk guys. 
Yeah, and we we washed up um, at the stall of um, a northern distillery. Now, Nick, you were particularly impressed with um, this next whiskey. I was, I was. I was too, actually. Yeah, well, after Ted had bought himself some stout cask, I decided I had to to, um, join in the game. I bought myself a bottle from this next northern distillery, which is probably the only distillery in the entire world to be named after two gentlemen called Adam. Wasn't there that one in Scotland? Uh, no, no, no. They were McAdams. Ah, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so this is the Adams Distillery, and they're now based in Perth. They they ended up out that way after a bit of a uh, a few rounds in the ring with the Launceston Planning Department and received a few bruised egos and found their way out to, well, what has actually become a far better site for them. At, what's mm. it called? Glen Ira. Glen Ira Estate in yeah. Perth. In Perth. and um, Tasmania, not WA or Scotland. No. <laughs> it's one of the... Actually, there's, there's distilleries in Perth, Scotland, Perth, WA, and Perth, Tasmania. Can you think of any other cities in the world that has a distillery in three iterations of it? Yeah, that's that's pretty mm. awesome. Oh, yeah. Hey, Nick, mm. holy shit, that colour. Yeah, that colour. So this one from Adams is being matured in a Pinot Noir cask. Now, not just matured in it, it's been... It's been adventuring in a Pinot Noir cask. They call it a slosh cask. Nick, what do you mean by a slosh cask? Um, they get sloshed when they drink it. Um, oh, that sounds perfectly reasonable to me. It does, doesn't it? But no, that's actually not the not the origin of the name. No, um, just come a Friday afternoon or just whenever they feel like it. Um, the two gentlemen called Adam, Adam Pinkard and Adam Saunders, they just play a bit of roly-poly with the barrels. T- how do you tell them apart? Um, one of them, uh, surname starts with a P. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. easy. Yeah, easy peasy. <laughs> um, also, they look kind of different. Oh, okay. Yep. But um, Big Adam, Adam Pinkard, will roll the barrel to Little Adam, Adam Saunders, and they'll they'll basically try and encourage as much contact with the wood as possible. So it's still over two years old, but gosh, they've worked this wood. That's what she said. They've tried to get every morsel of flavor possible out of it. One more fun fact about Adams, though. Now, pretty much all the distilleries in Tasmania all use the same sort of grains as each other. Very similar sort of model to Scotland. Um, in Tasmania, we use basically a Pilsner malt. Um, and so it gets this very, um, very malty, clean, cereally flavour. Um, Adams experimented with some different malts. We've talked about stout already in terms of an ageing, but this one uses dark crystal malt as a grain base, which is a dark malt. I can't tell you too much dark about it. Dark crystal malt. Dark crystal malt. What did I say? Well, you, that's exactly what you said. Oh, I, was, I was just, I was just repeating it because it sounds so good. Mm. The dark crystal malt indeed indeed so it's um yeah it's a combination of some some dark grains and some creepy puppets yeah can i just say please can i just interject here that i've just uh been watching the dark the new series of dark crystal age of resistance and it is excellent if you're a fan of the original uh dark crystal movie please go watch uh yeah. go and watch that dark- and pour yourself some adam's whiskey while you do it now this one is the pinot noir slosh cask and gosh it smells Smells like nothing on earth, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's it's really like sweetly fruity. I mm. kind of get like wine gums in there or something like that. Um, or like uh, sort of Turkish delight or yeah. red jelly sort of. And they're swimming in chocolate mousse. Mm. <laughs> it's mm. very desserty. It is, but it's it's it smells thick. It smells viscous. It smells like I want to take a sip. I also kind of get like a sort of. Burnt sugary kind of mm-hmm. flavor in there as well, and there's the there's more wine on the palate there. It's quite winey. The more you let it go, but finishes with this sort of coffee fudge Whoa. thing. This um, just on the finish, I get all this coffee fudge. Think yeah, you're Anders right. Coffee actually. fudge. 
It, there is a definite coffee note in there. Mm. Now, do you do you, so? I assume that you believe that this is a effect of the dark crystal malt. I can only I can only think it is because I've had so many Pinot Noir casks before, and it's not been present in any of those. I think that the yeah, I think the new make starts off being very different to a lot of other Tassie ones, and then the aging process just encourages more flavors out of it. Look, I I think that the wine characteristic is definitely there on the palate. Mm. It, it's actually one of the most whiny yep. whiskies I've had. You, if You could almost believe that it's a Pinot. <laughs> yeah, well, a very, very strong one. Mm. Um, it is, it's drier on the palate than the nose suggests. I wouldn't say it's the sweetest. Like I said, mm. fudge, but it's not, it's not like a really sweet fudge. No, I know what you mean by that, actually. Mm. It's, you, from the nose, you think, God, this is going to be really like sweet. whiskey, yeah. It's going to be syrupy and sweet, mm. but actually it's got a nice... Nice sort of oaky, tanninic dryness. Yep. Yeah, it just sort of rounds it out, which is... Yeah, which what... what I, I actually hate the term, but I'm going to use it anyway. It's quite Moorish. It is quite Moorish, actually. Mm. I think it's that sort of drying texture that mm. makes you want to go for another... It's like it's like um, when you have a bit of salt in your mouth and it makes you want to go yeah. for another yep. bite. Salted caramel. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what... Percentage is this bottled at? Um, let me have a look. Consult my own stats. So it's the magic number, forty-six percent. Forty-six percent. We love that number. Yeah. Now this is cast number eighty-six. There were only one hundred and forty bottles of this one made. There are a couple available still on the website, at least at the time of recording. So it's actually a reasonable price as well. Yeah. So what size is that bottle? Seven hundred mils. So that that's a seven hundred mil bottle. Yep. And um, yeah, this one will be. It'll be under one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, that that's crazy. So most like, um, so my bottle, uh, I think costs sort of in the range of about 170, 180 bucks, yep. um, and that's for a five hundred mil bottle, which is pretty much the standard. For, it is standard, yeah. Whereas, yeah, yours a seven hundred mil bottle for yeah, and I got a whiskey um, showcase discount as well on top of that. It was great. Yeah. Couldn't resist it. Couldn't resist it. And now I'm still very pleased that I bought it. So, there's a couple of whiskies to look out for. New ones in the Tasmanian scene. Hobart Whiskey and Adams Distillery Single Malt. Keep an eye out, people, because, gosh, we've got some interesting drams coming out of this state. Yeah. No, and look, the, these two whiskies are really different from each other, too. Mm. I mean, they're both, both are, I suppose, a world away from Scottish whiskey. Yeah. You can tell that they're both in kind of, like, these are birds and S- Scottish whiskies are... Um, mammals or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they're both in the animal kingdom. And they're all in the animal kingdom. But then the, like, yours, I don't know, what what's yours? Like, yours yours is a massive... Uh, Girafalcon. Girafalcon? I was going to say a frigate bird. It's like, it's got a big sort of red swollen sort of thing uh, <laughs> sticking out of its throat. And it's very majestic and sort wine. of yep. looking powerful. Don't know what that is. I don't know where we've quite gone with this <laughs> analogy. This is but, a failed analogy. We can, we can edit this out in post, right? Easy. Probably won't, but easy, easily can be done. Yeah. Yep. All right then. All right. Well, anyway, that's that's our two picks from the Taz Spirit Showcase. Yep. Um, if you were there and you got these ones, well done you. If you didn't, then well, you're stupid. And if you didn't <laughs> even come to the Spirit Showcase, well, you missed out. You missed out. Yep. See you next year. See you next year or next episode. And there was Adams. We've already said Adams. Oh, we're we're missing one. Where where have we gone wrong? Uh uh. Smash session or Seema. All right, so, Nick. Yes. Let's get manly. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. 
It's time. It's time to play that awesome session. Mm. Smash session saver. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This yep. is this is the uh, segment where we each uh, sort of give the other three different whiskies and. Well, we don't really give them to them. We just say some words. And yeah. the person has to select whether they would smash that whiskey down, they would session it, so keep it going over a, a night or something, yep. or sit on one glass of it and really savour it. Make the most of that one drum. Okay, Nick, because I've only just thought of this yes. on the spot, um, I, don't actually like have any, I don't actually have any particular um, distilleries Yep. In this, it's it's more three different things. Okay, interesting. Okay. No, that's good. We can make we can work with this. Okay. So Nick. Hmm. Smash session or a saver? Session. Session? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. A twenty one year old Scotch. Okay. Single malt Scotch. Yep, yep. A thirty year old single grain. Mm. Or uh, again from Scotland. Again from Scotland. Yep. Or a cast strength Tasmanian single malt. Okay, right. Um, usually, well, certainly younger than around about that three, four, five year range tops. Mm. Maybe even younger, two years. It's it's sort of yeah, it's sort of there to throw off the kind of whole like ages. Yeah, yeah, ages better thing. And I mean, you can you can choose some whiskies that you'd like these to be if you yeah if you want well, them to be. I think I, the single I grains go, a bit harder. But. Mm, yeah, true. Invergordon. Um, yeah, so I've got that like twenty-seven-year-old. Just yeah, say yeah. It's, just say it's that, but a thirty-year-old. Let's assume these are all quite good whiskies. Like, yeah, yeah reasonable, well, but not um, ridiculously rare or anything. Ones that um, you go, mm, yeah, like ooh, I want to drink those. Yeah. So now here is the thing: grain whiskey often you'll find does get aged for longer because it's not so much that it needs it; it's that it doesn't gain a lot of flavour from a short maturation. It's not that it becomes rough. In actual fact, grain spirit is generally quite smooth, but it's also lacking in character, so a lot of that character has to come from the barrel, which is probably why, despite the 30-year age statement, I'm I'm going to smash the 30-year-old. The I'm going to smash the grain. Mm, see, that's interesting. I think I think it was on malt.com. I read an article or a, a suggestion that their prediction for the future was that um, single-grain like older single grain whiskies are going to become like the next big thing in whiskey drinking. So they, they, yeah. they quite possibly are, but I mean, I think they need the extra age. That's the thing. Mm. That's probably why they like they're not as expensive to produce. They're probably high yielding, but I think they need the extra age. Okay, so you're going to smash that. And I'm going to smash it. I'm going to smash thirty year old single grain, and you're just I going reckon, to whip that down your throat. I reckon it'd go down quite easily. It'd be quite smooth. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it would. Um, and it, I reckon it'd be the smoothest of the three, which is why. <sighs> Okay, so so just to remind everyone, your remaining choices are a 21-year-old uh, scotch, anything of your choice, but something that you'd be like really like. Balvenie? Yeah, like so the Balvenie 21 or something, mm. a Glendronic 21 or... Yeah, yeah, you've convinced me. I'm sessioning that stuff. <laughs> I'm, se- I'm sessioning the Scottish 21-year-old. Imagine having a whole night of that, just going back to the 21-year-old scotch. Yeah. I'd enjoy that. And so this this means that your uh, decision to savor. Yeah. Now this is this is probably showing my Tasmanian bias somewhat. I'm probably gonna be the opposite of people on the other side of the world. Perhaps they'd smash down the Tassie, two year old potentially cast strength. Um, Hello, if you're listening from the other side of the world. Indeed. Thank indeed. you. Yeah. Cheers for tuning in, and um, I promise we'll be talking about whiskies from all over the world in future episodes. Um, but no, I think. For me, 
for my personal tastes, I find a lot to savor in Tassie cask strengths. I really do. And cask strength does make it easier to savor. The stronger percentage means you're more likely to want to sip it. Mm. Um, and that Tasmanian factor, you know it's going to be rare. So what are we talking about here? Like an overeem or something? Uh, or I'll savor any overeem you give me, but a, a cask strength. Oh, uh, yeah, a lark. The um, Rebin from Spring Bay I quite enjoyed. Yeah. Um, let, let, let's not say a heartwood because that throws things. Yeah, yeah. Out that's 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 like the um, that's yeah. like a cheat code in a game, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but no, I will. I'll savor that, and that means I've got the very happy option of sessioning a twenty-one-year-old Scottish whiskey all night. Do yeah. you do you differ with me, Ted? No, I. I yeah, I think I think I agree with you. Although I'd be like, I I'd love to not smash that um thirty year old grain down because I'd be mm. really interested to know sort of more yeah more about it and that's the game though ted that's the game yep and i'm really interested to know what our listeners think let us know uh, on twitter or leave comments on whiskeywaffle.com or send us an email whiskeywaffle at gmail.com or just angry reviews on itunes yeah why did you choose the tasmanian one you're so biased or your uh, podcast streaming service of choice. Mm, that too. All right, then. I've got one for you, Ted. Okay, Nick. Hit this me up. This is all over the world. Um, in no particular order. Would you rather smash, session, or savor the Yamazaki 12-year-old? Okay. The Anik 16-year-old? Okay. Or the Paul John Brilliance? Paul John Brilliance. Hmm. Right. So that's that's like they're just um, sort mm. of... Nazi single body sort of yeah they're all that, they're all the, Nazi the brilliance ones, isn't the repeated one no, no that's the bold is it yeah so it, it it is more the standard style Paul John but it mm. is yeah um forty six percent and we quite liked that though the times that we've had it I know but I'm still gonna smash it you're still gonna smash it I'm still gonna smash it um well that's <laughs> that's possibly fair enough but it depends what you're thinking about doing with the other two then. <laughs> you know what? You know what I'm going to do? What are you going to do? I am actually going to session the Yamazaki 12 <laughs> because Yamazaki, yep. I'm going to session the Yamazaki 12 because it's the, about the only time I'm ever going to actually get <laughs> yep. to have a sufficient quantity of it. In this hypothetical situation, <laughs> In this hypothetical session situation. as much as you like. Yes. And seeing as like the last bottle of... Yeah, the first bottle of Yamazaki I bought was either... Just over or just under a hundred dollars Australian. It was around that mark, though. <laughs> the second bottle that I bought went up slightly, didn't it? Was just around the two hundred dollar mark. So. Yeah. So the next one you buy will be four hundred. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, I'm going to session that Yamazaki Twelve, and I'm going to enjoy it for the evening <laughs> and lament its loss because I'll never sort of really get it again. Um, yeah. And I'm going to savor the Annex Sixteen. Um, well, that is nice, isn't it? Which is a which is a good whiskey. Um, yeah, well, if you take into account exactly what you've just said there, then your decisions make a lot of sense. I'm going to answer it slightly controversially. I'm going to answer it purely from the f- flavor of the whiskey. Okay. Not about availability. So I am going to... You're going to smash the Yamazaki, aren't you? I'm going to session the Anik. Yep. Because I think the Anik 16 is the most sessionable whiskey. Oh, there. yeah. Look, I, I, I also actually probably think that, that it's... I would drink that... Mm. I think I'm going to smash the Yamazaki. Yeah, I, th- I not, thought you might. Not because I don't like it, but and I, I know how rare it is, but I also think that I prefer the other two whiskies. Mm. And it's not anything to do with value, although back in the day, the Annex 16 would have been the most expensive. And still to this day, the Paul John is the cheapest. 
oh, I really like the Paul John. I reckon I could savor that. Yeah. I think I'll, I'll savor the Paul John, and I, that means I have. To, it's only because it's the old one out, but it means that I have to smash the Yamazaki. Look, I think that's a fair appraisal as well. Look, just, that's just my own opinion. In a, in another world, yeah, I would also take that. I I mean, I I'm purely going on hmm. sort of greed for scarcity of resources. Yeah, well, I get the impression that you probably still smash the Paul John, but you might swap the other two if there was resources available. Look, I've enjoyed... I remember that first time we came across the Paul John at the... um, I think it was the first Whiskey Live that we attended. I'll say vaguely. Yeah, and we really were like, wow, what's this? Mm, It's good stuff. This is great. Yeah. It helped that the um, guys from the distillery were being really nice and Indeed. talking to us and we yeah, were yeah. already a few drinks down the uh yeah it wasn't the first one we went to the other day but yeah. um no we had a really good time there and um yeah ever since then i've just had a very soft spot for paul john um and i think that's why i've chosen to savor them tonight what would you do listeners what would you do please tell us there are no right answers here only wrong ones <laughs> yeah. I think oh, so, that's what i meant so, to say so we we've both like come out very badly off this then yep yep <laughs> Um, no, well, I think that we've done the best we could. We're sorry. <laughs> okay, so where are we starting? Uh, at the beginning. Well, that was an exciting episode talking about some uh, things. What did we talk about? Oh, Tasmanian whiskey. That yeah, was... Tasmanian. We fell down the Tasmanian whiskey rabbit hole. But, I well, mean, I, I, fell, I fell down and broke my legs. So. Yeah, yeah, true. At least I came out unscathed. No, it was it was a pretty big part of our last few weeks, the Taz Whiskey Week scene, and um, it's fresh in our minds, so we had to get it out in audio form. But just as a bit of a heads up for any new listeners that have jumped on board recently, we're really trying to grow the podcast. As I said earlier in the episode, where we're starting to bring up all the old episodes, which means we're we're getting a, a greater hosting space so we really want to push this to a bigger audience one of the best ways that we can do that is by people leaving reviews on itunes or whatever podcatcher you happen to frequent um no please leave us leave us review with as many stars as you can say nice things i think it's about time ted that we started reading out itunes reviews on the show yes so if we get any all one of them yeah well um, we'll start with one and then we'll move on to all the ones we get in the future. No, please, seriously, it, it helps us grow the podcast, helps us find new audiences. There aren't that many podcasts out there about whiskey and um, we just try and we just try and have a good time, really, don't we? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's what it's all about, just having a dram with friends. So try and spread the waffly word. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I've been Nick. And I've been Ted, I think. I'm, I'm we might have got certain. it muddled up by this stage. Yeah. This is what happens when we don't wear our named shirts. But we, whichever one we are. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. And good night. And good night. Goodbye. Farewell. I've been to scene. Or good day, depending on what time of day you're listening. True, true. Whiskey Waffle recommends you drink whiskey responsibly and only if you're above the legal drinking age in your country. Our lawyers made us say that. Or at least, they would have if we actually had lawyers. Seems to wobble a bit. Mm. A bit like you after a few too many drams, eh, Ted?